You know how to book flights and hotels. All you're missing is a tool to help you plan that unbelievable travel experience. That's why you need Viator. Book guided tours, excursions, and more in one place. There are over 300,000 travel experiences to choose from, so you can find something for everyone. And Viator offers free cancellation and 24-7 customer support for worry-free travel. Download the Viator app now and use code Viator10 for 10% off your first booking in the app. Find travel experiences for you. Do more with Viator. Hey everyone, how's it going? It's Anthony Cazenza with CincyJungle.com and the Orange and Black Insider Bengals podcast. Hope you're all doing well and recovering from what transpired yesterday. The Bengals uh, taking one on the chin, 36-10 to 10 at the hands of the Pittsburgh Steelers. Usually I wear my a, a Bengals lid of some kind. I gotta, I gotta get a little aloha. I, I would say juju, but that's probably not the right word to use on a Monday after a Steelers loss. So I, I wanted to get a little Aloha vibe going, uh, relax and unplug, I guess, as one would do in the beautiful islands of Hawaii. But anyway, we're not here to talk about Hawaii. We're here to talk about the Bengals. We're here to talk about the AFC North. We're here to talk about the NFL. I'm going to run you through a lot of different headlines and stories centering around the Cincinnati Bengals, the division. And of course, the NFL, a lot of different news just to kind of catch up. And uh, if you are if you are back in the office, maybe it's some stuff you can use around the water cooler. Uh, maybe we should rename this thing to water cooler talk or something uh, instead of the news jump. We'll see. I don't know. Thinking out loud is what it is, guys. But uh, happy to have all of you with us. And hopefully you're getting your week off to uh, started, started well, whether it's at work or with some loved ones, whatever whatever you may be doing right now. I hope it's going well. Uh, let, let's let just get right into it. Uh, there was a press conference by Bengals players and coaches today. <clears throat> and uh, there's some interesting quotes by head coach Zach Taylor, Joe Burrow, really since the loss occurred late yesterday. So I'm going to share my screen and show you some of that. I'm going to show you a little bit of news from the Steelers side of the fence, the division, and uh, like I said, around the NFL. If you're new to this program, thanks for tuning in. We've got the Monday News Jump. We've got a Wednesday Deep Dive show. Myself and co-host John Sheeran go through the aftermath and do some interviews and all kinds of different things on Wednesday night. Uh, almost every Friday, we do a we do a, a listener questions live segment. So we field your questions and answer those on the air. And then Sunday we do a pregame show courtesy of Narragansett beer. Um, and then we do a postgame show also. So we do a lot on this channel specifically. You also get Matt Minnick's chalk talk, some film breakdown there. He does a great job doing that stuff. And then on the Cincy jungle podcast channel itself, uh, the audio channels, Ace Boogie and Zim Hude from New Stripe City and Orange is the New Black podcast. Um, they put out some great work there too. So you can get the audio of this and all of our episodes on all major audio platforms. You can subscribe to our YouTube channel. I think it's down somewhere in this area. Uh, you can click that and get our Orange and Black Insider YouTube channel and get notified when we go live, when we have new material up, all of that. Derek from Scotland. Hi, Derek. 
Good to see you, man. Thanks for tuning in. Let's get to some quotes and different things. I'm going to share my screen so you can see what um, this is a tweet from Paul Daner Jr. Relaying some quotes uh, from Zach Taylor today. So hopefully you can see this. I asked Zach Taylor about the play where Burrow ended up slamming into the bench and rolled his ankle with help from what the QB called a quote boost from Bud Dupree. If you joined us for the post game show yesterday, you would have seen that video. I played that on loop a couple of times. So you can see, um, you can see that. So go back and check that out. But Taylor said, quote, I'll be very careful with my opinions, but he followed it up with, if there was a camera on me for the next eight minutes, you would have seen my reaction going into halftime. That would have been very clear if someone had been filming that, meaning he was pretty animated and upset that there was no call there. Um, you know, that I believe that was a sequence where, uh, you know, the Bengals kind of ended up shooting themselves in the foot after having some momentum there. And, um, you know, then Burrow kind of jets out of bounds and what could have been, what could have been a, a penalty called pretty easily on Joe Burrow uh, would have propelled the Bengals into scoring territory. Instead, he gets an ankle injury and the Bengals don't net anything out of it. I uh, already had some Steelers fans in the mentions on our YouTube channel. Uh, poking fun at, uh, I guess, even bringing that up or what have you. And uh, I mean, is what it is. And look, I mean, at some point, I mean, you've probably heard me say this over the years. At some point, if you're the Cincinnati Bengals, you got to create your own luck. You got to create your own fortune um, and just come come ready to play and uh, stand up to the bully. And for the last 11 contests, that has not been the case. The Bengals have lost 11 straight to the Pittsburgh Steelers after it being kind of a, a pretty competitive rivalry uh, through the Carson Palmer and Andy Dalton era. Um, you know, it, they, they just have not been not been very competitive. So let's move on here. That was uh, some quotes from Zach Taylor via Paul Daner Jr. I thought those were pretty interesting. The uh, This was, I believe, from last night, uh, but Joe Burrow is blaming himself for the loss. This story is on cincyjungle.com. I'm going to pull this up for you here. Uh, written by John Acri over at Cincy Jungle. Um, interesting quote here. First of all, this was a good one that John used here from bum phillips the old uh, oilers and and saints coach you fail all the time but you aren't a failure until you start blaming someone else i like that quote anyway joe burrow here says we knew we had a chance in that game if i play better uh and then down here he follows it up with you hear me talk and i'm not too down in the dumps because i don't play like that very often uh in reality burrow didn't play awful uh, there were a lot, there were, you know, a lot of missed throws. He was slightly over 50% completion percentage. He did not throw an interception. There were a couple of close calls on that front, but no interceptions. Uh, he did take four sacks in the game. So, you know, he's kind of taking it on the chin a little bit. And, uh, you know, as he has done all season when the rest of the team has kind of let him down, he has taken the onus upon himself and blamed himself for these losses. And I guess that's what, uh, that's a sign of a leader. Um, I, you know, I don't, obviously you don't want him pointing fingers, uh, but I do think that there are definitely more culpable parties at play than just Joe Burrow. So, you know, I, I think that needs to, uh, that needs to be noted, but anyway, Joe Burrow is um, at least 
publicly blaming himself for the issues yesterday. And, you know, the, you go on 13 on, on third down, that's going to, that's going to kill you. And you, you're not going to be able to win a, any football game, much less one against an eight, no team on their home turf. So Burrow needed to be better on the critical downs. The Bengals needed to stop putting themselves in bad positions, third and longs, etc. So a lot of different issues to point to in terms of blame. If you want to play the blame game, let's go over some snap counts. This is also on cincyjungle.com. The snap counts are out in case you have not seen this. This is from Patrick Judas on cincyjungle.com. Interesting stuff here. Trey Hopkins playing hundred percent of the snaps. Uh, unfortunately, the McKenzie Alexander injury yesterday was, was just critical. The Bengals were already banged up enough as it was at cornerback and losing him to a concussion. And then who knows if that's going to linger, you know? Um, so hopefully it does not. And he's, he's able to play next week, but uh, only got 15 snaps out of him left pretty early in the game. William Jackson predictably played all 100%. Tony Brown forced into massive amounts of action and Ben Roethlisberger picked on him quite a bit. And then you had Jalen Davis, you know, a practice squad call up playing 51% of the snaps on defense. Uh, I'm sorry, 51 total snaps on defense, 70% of them. Uh, and then you've got some others here. Amani Bledsoe, Khalid Kareem. Uh, you can see here, it's just, there's, you, they're trying to mix things up here, but uh, I don't, I don't know just how effective that is, especially not only just because of the cast of characters you've got here, but also just, you know, uh, the looks that, that you're getting, I mean, the Bengals aren't generating pressure. We, we saw that. And the only guy who is consistently is Carl Lawson. So, and he played 67% of the, the defensive snaps yesterday. Hubbard, his first game back, 62%. Khalid Kareem got a good PFF score uh, in his effort. He's starting to be a, a well-graded player. Um, not really popping out on the stat sheet per se, but a guy that is uh, doing some nice things on film and, and is getting rewarded by PFF for them. So, uh, you know, someone had said this on Twitter. I forget who it was, but it was a, a good observation that uh might have been our good friend the Bangalorean uh the the super fan that basically every pick in this year's class is looking pretty promising so uh even though it's not translating directly to wins there are a lot of good signs you know Adenogy played pretty well at times yesterday Burrow obviously being who he is T Higgins had the big fumble yesterday but he also had a big touchdown uh touchdown catch and was over 100 yards. He's kind of becoming the go-to guy in this offense. So, you know, you, you Logan Wilson has flashed, Davis Gaither's got some got some uh good good moments on film. So there's a lot of good players in this class, a lot better higher yield guys than maybe what we saw last year. Mike Daniels playing 58% of the snaps. Um, here's, here's kind of the interesting breakdown of, of the linebackers here. You can look, Marcus Bailey didn't play, but Davis Gaither, we just said his name, 18%, 4% for Jordan Evans, only three plays on defense. He was mostly on special teams. Bynes playing 70%, 59%, uh, for Jermaine Pratt and Logan Wilson, 48%. Saw a lot of Pratt early. Um, that obviously changed a bit as the game was kind of pulling away, I think, but, um, you know, that's the the snap breakdown there. 
Uh, let's kind of transition to the offense. You see here's the 100, 100, 100 in terms of Michael Jordan, Alex Redman, Quentin Spain, who was forced to play right tackle yesterday. Career guard playing tackle. Where have we heard that one before? Alex Redman, uh, you know, they, they like what he's been able to do in the run game in particular, especially with Gio Bernard back there. But a couple of critical, critical plays on his part that uh, really hurt the Bengals. Um, in that second quarter, there was a, there was a hold and, and then he let up a sack. So, um, you know, relatively steady the rest of the game, but those two plays there and that drive really in particular was one that was just absolutely critical for the, the Bengals to get back in this game. Jonah Williams, unfortunately didn't play. Neither did Bobby Hart. Hakeem Adenogy, hundred percent of the snaps, obviously Burrow, hundred percent of the snaps. And by the way, that was kind of a storyline too. A lot of people were wondering why Joe Burrow was still in the game at the very end. And it sounded like it was Burrow's decision to say, I'm not, I'm not getting out of the game. So, uh, you know, well, who knows if that's truly the case, but, uh, you know, he, he said, I'm not coming out of the game. And so he stayed in there and Zach Taylor, I think corroborated it by saying we, we wanted to keep him in there to try and get some positive momentum, get some points and kind of feel a little bit better about things that didn't really happen. But that was the, that was the plan there. Pirine getting 25% of the snaps. He, um, he's been, he's been okay. He's been okay. He's, he can catch the ball a little bit, uh, real North South runner, and, uh, you know, short yardage back to at times, but he's, you know, he's not hurting them. They were able to run the ball yesterday. They were able to, I think they had about 150 rushing yards. We went over that in the post game show too. Um, you know, I mean, they're, they were able to run the ball against the Pittsburgh Steelers. Travion Williams had five snaps. He had a lot of carries and he looked pretty good. He had a high PFF grade for his work too. I mean, it was garbage time stuff, but, um, yeah. Vaughn Bell and Jesse Bates playing 73% of the snaps. This is this is the one that's surprising to me, the Sean Williams thing. You would think, and I said this, I, I think in the pregame show, I thought this was a, an opportunity for Sean Williams to get an increase in snaps, maybe move Vaughn Bell up, uh, you know, towards the line of scrimmage a little bit more. You play Sean Williams deep. He seems to be a little bit better at that in coverage than Bell. Uh, but Williams... Only getting only getting six snaps on defense, eight percent of defensive snaps. That's that's pretty shocking, especially in a week where there's so much there's there were so many issues with defensive back help. I know he's not a corner, but you know you can maybe create some formations and have those those three guys out there, Williams, Bell, and Bates at the same time. Um, you know, kind of, and, and you have more defensive backs out there maybe to help mask some of the issues with the injuries. Uh, they didn't do that. They didn't do that. They're really committed to playing Vaughn Bell, and uh, they are decommitted <laughs> to playing Sean Williams on defense. So there is a major fall from grace there. Sean Williams a couple of years ago had an outstanding season for the Bengals, and uh, you know, unfortunately, he's kind of fallen from grace now. Uh, Brandon Wilson with seven snaps on defense. We knew he was maybe going to get in there. Drew Sample, uh, and then you see some others here. We won't belabor the point. AJ Green, this is this is the killer here. He's out there for eighty three percent of the uh, snaps, fifty four total. Uh, I think it was five targets, zero catches. Can't can't happen. Can't happen. And I've got an interesting theory as to um, where AJ Green's in parallel. I guess where AJ Green's career is headed. We'll talk more about that on Wednesday, but. Uh, 83% of the snaps he's out there and doesn't make a catch. Not good. Not good. Again, I'm Anthony Cazenza with CincyJungle.com. 
and the Orange and Black Insider Bengals podcast. Thanks for joining us on the Monday News Jump. Uh, appreciate you tuning in. I know a lot of you. We, we do this at differing times, so there's there's people that come in and out on these uh, for the live live feeds of this. They they kind of come in and out. Maybe they're working. Maybe they're doing all kinds of different stuff. Sometimes we do this a little later in the day to let the media stuff play out the first part of the day, and then we kind of go through a lot of that. Um, so, uh, but anyway, I, I appreciate you tuning in and appreciate you downloading the the show. You can get this show on iTunes, Stitcher, Spotify, Google Play, Megaphone, iHeartRadio, all those platforms. And of course, all of our content is on Cincy Jungle's Facebook page and our Orange and Black Insider YouTube channel. Uh, Let's see what else we need to get through here. I think I, I will point, I'll just share this with you here uh we went through a lot of this stuff but it's they're more in-depth stories and it's on cincyjungle.com it's their bangles uh kind of their their link dump that they do and we've gone through a handful of these so far but i just want to show it to you in case um this is the Bengals news taking responsibility 1116 by patrick judas uh and you can see the Bengals notebook which is bangles.com another bangles.com article and then I mentioned we talked about Burrow blaming himself, um, the third down issues. Yeah. So anyway, check this out, and you can you can go look at these articles more in depth. But I, we we touched on these a little bit, so I don't want to kind of beat a dead horse here. Uh, speaking of beating dead horses, I guess. Uh, the this Pittsburgh Steelers are gloating. The Steelers players are absolutely gloating in the win. And I guess rightfully so based on their essential ownership of the Bengals over the past, <laughs> you know, half decade, like I said, 11 straight, that's not, that's not much of a ri- rivalry. So uh, let me show you this. This is from our good, our good buddy, Zim Huday, who is part of the new Stripe city uh, and orange is the new black podcast. He just put this up on Twitter not too long ago, and I thought this was very interesting. And this is kind of a twofer here. It is Bud Dupree's uh, Instagram, where he put a picture of him. By the way, that could have been a helmet-to-helmet call. That doesn't appear to have been called either. It's There's a lot of scrolling here, but if you look right here. So there's the picture of Bud Dupree. And he said, I, I see you uh, to Joe Burrow or something like that. And then obviously there's a lot of gloating from fans. And as you look right here, Steve Nelson, cornerback of the Pittsburgh Steelers says that boy trash LMAO referring to Joe Burrow. So uh, a little more Bolton board material, I guess. And uh, again, Bud Dupree seemingly getting away with a couple of different hits on Joe Burrow that could have been called, should have been called, but were not. And uh, they continue to gloat in it. So that is what makes this rivalry or this uh, playing this team just super frustrating. And when you lose to this team, it's even even more frustrating. <laughs> because of the aftermath, you know, there's, there's always sore losers and people don't like to lose and all of that. And I understand that, I guess. Um, but unfortunately there are the Pittsburgh Steelers are the poster children of sore winners and their fan base is kind of the same thing. They 
love to let you know about it. Love to push it right in your face. And hey, that's what the that's what bullies do. And until you stand up to the bully and until you outmatch them and start, you know, holding your ground, this is going to continue. And uh, so anyway, I thought that was, I don't know if that was even funny. I guess it was just, that's, that's the Steeler way. They hit you, they beat you, and they let you know, know about it. That's <laughs> kind of what they do. Uh, uh, it was... I think Steve Nelson. Nelson was the last name. Tommy Pennington. I see Tommy asking what what was his name again. Um, Steve Nelson, I believe, was was who the corner was that said that. So uh, Steve Nelson also was the guy. If you remember the play, if you remember the play in the game yesterday, uh, there was a throw that Burrow made to Mike Thomas, and it looked like Nelson hit him early. And uh, there was no call there. I do think that was within five yards. So they let a little more physicality go. The refs did there. So I didn't really have too big of a problem with that just because it looked like a shorter throw. But um, I guess it could have been called at, at some point. But he was he was the guy that kind of bumped into Mike Thomas to, to jump into that play. That was one play that he made yesterday that really kind of stood out to me. Hey, this is Scott Galloway, author, professor, entrepreneur, and most importantly, host of the Prop G podcast. We got a special series running on right now called The Future of Work, where I answer all your questions on, surprise, The Future of Work. Questions including, what are we missing when we work remotely? Or how do we handle work-life balance when a major opportunity comes knocking? From the provocative to the technical, we're offering insights you won't want to miss. So tune in to The Future of Work, a PropGPod special sponsored by Canva. You can find it on the PropGPod wherever you get your podcasts. Let's keep going. Let's go. Let's go around the... AFC North and we'll go around the NFL as well. So this is the Browns. We've got a couple of different pieces of news for the Browns. Nick Chubb is back and he had a, uh, a big game for in a, just an ugly overall game uh, for, for the Cleveland Browns beating the Houston Texans. So uh, they are happy to have him back. Unfortunately, there was a player, uh, testing positive for COVID-19. So they closed the facility on Monday. So unfortunately, as it is kind of around the, the entire nation, um, there, there's a little bit more of these cases being documented around and more positives being documented. So uh, the, we know the Bengals had a bunch themselves this week between players and coaches. So uh, that's uh, a little, a little frightening, but uh, you know, and I think the the Philadelphia Eagles also are talking about not having fans at the at games anymore for the rest of the year to uh, you know stop a potential spike there that they're seeing. So that's uh, a little bit of sobering news, and uh, you know, I think especially for them after getting a win and getting things back on track and getting Nick Chubb back, um, that's kind of some sobering news for the Cleveland Browns there. The Baltimore Ravens took a loss on Sunday night. I actually did not watch this game personally, but if you want some information on that, it was I saw bits and pieces of it where it was uh, raining very, very hard last night. Uh, the Patriots, who have not been very sound this year, pull out a, a pretty big win against a good Ravens team, and uh, there's a lot of there's a lot of uh, different 
items to look at here. You know, if you go to uh, BaltimoreRavens.com, you know, there's a lot of injuries. I think there was some uh, injuries to a lot of kind of role players or backup players in, in the Baltimore secondary. I read about that. Um, you see Brandon Williams, who's a, a valuable guy up front, suffers an ankle injury. Um, Nick Boyle was, is out for the year now, a, a tight end that has uh, done some things against the Cincinnati Bengals for sure. So they, that, they kind of uh, limped out of Foxborough, did the Ravens. That was not a good, good showing for them, and they lost – to Bill Belichick, Cam Newton, putting them down uh, a little bit further behind the nine and zero Steelers. So uh, they now are dealing with. I see. I see some of you all kind of said every team deals with injuries. There is um, that the Baltimore Ravens are are dealing with that right now. So that's uh, yeah. I saw this too. Uh, <laughs> this is a, a funny name, Jackass of all trades. Oh, it's. I think it's our our buddy uh, Jason Von Stein. Um, Chubb is a team player ran out at the one yard line to win the game. Yeah. He, he had a breakaway run with a little over a minute left and basically could have dove in the end zone and, you know, a long run and there would have been a little over a minute left and they would have been up by 10, I believe, or nine. And then you kick the extra point to get you to 10. And he decided to run out of bounds at the one yard line instead so that they would be able to take more time off the clock there. So, uh, you know, I, I did see that there. I thought that was kind of an interesting move on his part. You know, I think a lot of people, <laughs> I think a lot of people in his shoes would have just cruised on into the end zone, but especially if you're looking at a, a 10 point lead, but uh, it definitely was a, was a team team move. So thank you for reminding me about that, Jason. This one uh, just kind of adds to the smoldering pile that was, Sunday evening. Unfortunately, Andrew Whitworth, uh, this this needs to be a little bit updated, but as of last night, um, or yesterday afternoon rather, Andrew Whitworth suffered a, a, a pretty significant knee injury. I think he came back where um, some of it has been, some of the ligaments in there have been torn. There is hope that he may come back, particularly if the Rams go into the postseason but I think based on some of the prognosis that we've been hearing today that's probably unlikely and who knows this may be the very end I, I don't know though a lot of people are saying you know this this is the end for the guy he's nearing 40 and uh, all of that and I understand that but this guy throughout the first five six games of the season at least was like a top pro football focus rated offensive lineman and offensive tackle he was playing out of his mind it's like he Fine wine, right? I mean, he, he was really good for the Bengals for a long time. And then he got to the Rams and he was almost like better. Uh, so <laughs> at any rate, unfortunately, uh, Whitworth is, looks like he's going to be out for, for a while. And, uh, and it's really a shame because he is a guy that has been so durable in his career. He's been a guy that's just been an absolute warrior. And uh, unfortunately, it looks like he's going to be out for a little bit of time and hopefully he heals up. I'd love to see him come back and play again, but uh, I don't, I don't know if that's the case again, being 39 and uh, suffering that injury. It's pretty significant. The, this, I don't know if you guys saw this one, the, there was a real questionable roughing the passer call on Drew Brees or on the 49ers against Drew Brees. Um, and 
you can you can see here that it I think mostly what happened is that it was actually a pretty big hit and he was driven into the ground at one point by a 49er defender um so it could be now that he's going to miss some time here Drew Brees is going to miss some time with rib and shoulder injuries they the Saints had been uh, playing a little bit better football of late. They were they they really beat the Bucks soundly uh, in Tampa Bay on on a Sunday night and uh, excuse me Thursday night rather. And um, yeah, I just I, I it it if you watch the video there, it really wasn't a you know a, a pile drive type of situation. It wasn't you know anything crazy. It uh, it was a big hit. And they flagged they flagged the 49er defender for it. And now Drew Brees is going to miss some time here. This story is absolutely crazy. I almost want to end with this one, but we've got one more to get to one more to get to after this. And then we'll we'll get on out of here. This one, if you guys haven't uh been keeping up with the DeAndre Baker, this this is just a crazy situation. So he and Quentin Dunbar were accused, and Baker was definitely char- charged with. You can see robbery charges, basically holding a group of people at gunpoint, taking their money and watches, and all that kind of stuff. Well, all of a sudden, the attorney for the alleged victims was arrested on Monday for extortion charges, and. I- uh, you you got to read this to believe it. And I, I don't even know if I fully understand kind of what happened here, but I, I, what, what I'm gathering is that that attorney who has now been arrested for extortion, who was representing the alleged victims was just not on the up and up. And was, uh, you can see here, the sheriff's office says Dean, who is the att- attorney who was arrested, told Baker's attorney, Bradford Cohen, that the three alleged victims he represented would stop cooperating with prosecutors or change their stories if they were paid $266,000 each. Investigators say Dean said his clients would, quote, do anything you want so long as the money is right. So I don't, I don't know if that means this supposed robbery never happened and it was a fabricated story just to get money out of DeAndre Baker and potentially Quentin Dunbar. I don't know if that robbery did happen and this attorney still saying this and uh, (laughs) this is just a weird situation. So now all of the charges against uh, DeAndre Baker have been dropped. So he will not be charged with robbery and all of that because this has come to light. So um, I don't know if you're the Cincinnati Bengals based on what is going on at your cornerback position. I don't know if you want to go down this road. There's also Eli Apple sitting out there too, without a job. Um, you know, I, I don't know that you want to dive right in, <laughs> right, right back into DeAndre Baker, unless you're pretty certain that all these things are cleared and behind him and everything. But uh, it was, it was a very bizarre story. Very bizarre story. Go read a little bit more on that. It's it's all over the place. NFL.com, Twitter, all that stuff. So, but I do. I wanted to share that. And real quick, uh, we'll do one more and get out of here. This is kind of a. I guess it's, this is a good one to end on too, because if you remember, Alex Smith a couple of years ago suffered a gruesome, gruesome leg injury, uh, broke it, and it has been a long road back to say the least. Well, because new coach Ron Rivera has fallen out of love with uh, Dwayne Haskins and Kyle Allen has been in and out of the lineup. 
he's turned to Alex Smith. Uh, and you can see here that Washington football team lost to Detroit. But Alex Smith completed 38 of 55 passes for 390 yards. Um, and he said that Smith could not may, – may all, all just start the rest of the year and or may start for this team beyond. He's got two years remaining on his contract after 2020. And so, at any rate, I know this isn't a Washington football team podcast. However, it's a good story. And Alex Smith, is a, it seems like a good guy who's done, done a lot of community work and a lot of good things. And, uh, you know, now it appears that he's kind of getting one last shot at things after that gruesome injury. So, um, I, you know, that's, that's good to see and good on Alex Smith. Hope he maintains his health and uh, best wishes to Andrew Whitworth, who appears to have also suffered, unfortunately, as I mentioned before, pretty significant knee injury, unfortunately. That's going to do it for us in the Monday News Jump, guys. Wanted to get through all of that stuff, get you some Bengals news and headlines, get you some AFC North news and headlines, and, of course, get you some other NFL news and notes around the league. As we wrap up week 10 and head into week 11, the Bengals actually play Washington. So that's a game coming up. They play the Giants. They've got a, a couple of winnable games here. You've got the, the Tua Burrow Bowl coming up as well. So that'll be an exciting game. And the Cincinnati Bengals are going to look to rebound in these next handful of weeks and really try and make a turnaround to end the season well if they're able. Again, I'm Anthony Cazenza with CincyJungle.com and the Orange and Black Insider Bengals podcast. Get the show how you can on a number of different platforms. Thanks for the support. We'll see you soon.